0: A new lesson this morning on the new birth or the new creation. Because I think the new birth, the new creation is so vital to our walk with God. I think what has happened is that we're starting to see the body of Christ. We're beginning to lose the blaze of when you first got born again. You know, when you got born again, what took place, you had a a hunger, you had a desire that you didn't want to have anything to do with anything that was not of God. But then we, we lack our walk, our stance, and we start allowing things that we knew that we didn't like, and they start to creep in again. So what I'm going to do is, is share with you on uh, faith through the uh, new creation. Now, again, let's look at our foundation of scripture. Let's go to 1 John 5, 4. This is our theme. This is the theme of the year. <clears throat> so 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 say, For whatever is born of God is what? Is victorious over the world. So that means you and I, we have the victory, right? We're victorious over the world. So it said, whatsoever is born of God is what? Victorious over the world. And this is the victory that does what? That conquers the world. It is what? Our faith. Can you see that? So what conquers the world? It's our faith. And so we know that faith is the response to what grace have made. Faith is powerless without grace. Okay? Faith is powerless without grace. Uh, and then without grace, I mean, without faith, grace is, uh, is also in a manner of being powerless. Why? Because grace makes it, but faith is the response, okay? So you can't, it's like salt, you have sodium and chloride, right? So if you, te- if you digest chloride or sodium by itself, it's a poisoning will take place. You could die, right, if you ingest too much, but if you take this sodium And the chloride together, what does it produce? It produces salt. Well, it's the same way about grace and faith. You can't have one without the other. Grace makes the provision, but then faith on this hand is the one that is the only response to what grace have made, okay? So grace have also provided not just, you know, our salvation, but what is in this salvation. Part of what's in the salvation is our sanctification. So here's going to be your uh, uh, scripture that we're going to be using all this week and maybe not next week too. It's 1 Corinthians one 1 Corinthians. Let's start at verse uh, 26. 1 Corinthians 26. One twenty 1 Corinthians one twenty six. Okay, and it says For we simply consider your own call Brethren, not many of you were considered to be wise According to human estimate and standards Not many influential and powerful Not many of high and noble birth Next verse Okay, no, for God selected, deliberately chose what's in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame. (laughs) And what the world calls weak to the strong to shame. And God also selected, deliberately chose what is in the world, is lowborn, and insignificant, and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are. Keep going. So that no mortal man should have pretense for glory and boast in the presence of God. Next verse. But watch it. <clears throat> but it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus. It is from who? From God, from the, from the Lord Jesus Christ, right? From him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made. And these are the verses. This is what I want you to pay attention to. He made our what? Wisdom from what? From God. Revealed to us a knowledge of divine plan of salvation previously hidden. Think about that just for a moment. Think about what that just said. He what? He revealed to us a knowledge of divine plan of salvation previously hidden. Well, it's not hidden anymore because you know of it, right? Manifesting itself as our Number one, righteousness. Thus make us upright and putting us in right standing with God. And our consecration, well, which would mean our sanctification, making us pure and holy. And our redemption, providing our ransom for eternal penalty for sin. Now put that in King James. Uh, Zach You can put in New King James Let's read this verse here It says But of him are ye where? In Christ Jesus Who became for us what? Wisdom for God Righteousness Sanctification and redemption Now we're going to pay attention to all of those words But I'm going to key in on the word Sanctification Okay, And the reason why sanctification... What is sanctification? Sef- sanctification is a separation. Sanctification is something that we were brought about. I mean, you were brought out of the world. You were separated. You were set apart from the world. So our sanctification making is making a distinction between us, the new life that we have in Christ Jesus and the world that we were living in. So when we say that uh, separated are, you know, set aside, in other words, your life, my life, the moment you got born again, you were separated. You were set aside for the master's use. So separate sanctification means you have come out from the world and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So that means you've been sanctified with the truth. That's what sanctification is. Also alone will sanctify, when you were sanctified, you were made holy. So you were made holy, why? Because, and it all stems from the new birth. Let's put this up just for a moment. Go to, uh, it says, but of him, you are in Christ Jesus. And that's where your sanctification comes from. That's where your holiness come from. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't come from by what you wear. It doesn't come by uh, some uh, 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 standard. It come from the new birth. Your sanctification, your holiness, your righteousness, your redemption come from the new, come from that place in Christ, what he's already done. So I'm sanctified because of Jesus' death. I'm righteous because of Jesus' death. The blood was shed, okay? I'm, uh, uh, what is the other one? Uh, Righteousness? I say that. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm set aside because of his death. Okay, So your sanctification, I want you to understand this because we're going to drill in on this Because a lot of times people think that sanctification is based upon something that they do And I can understand why they feel that way And it is part of that But sanctification is a part When you are sanctified, that means as you are here You are here from the world Most of the world is where at home trying to get over a hangover or whatever. The body of Christ, people that are belong to Christ, they do what? They come to church. The purpose of coming to church is so that you can grow in your sanctification. So that why? There are deeds modi- in your body that need modification. Okay? So in order to modify the deeds of your body, then you're going to have to hear the truth you know, that brought you this sanctification. Let me give you an example. Go to me, uh, with me to uh, John chapter 17 and look at verse 14. John 17, start at verse 14. And listen what Jesus said here about the disciples. He said, I have given them your word. See, that's what it is. See, you have to have the word. Okay, if you're going to walk in your sanctification, if you're going to walk in this holiness, if you're going to walk in your justification, that's another word. It's the same word for righteousness. But you, you are righteous, you are justified, you are holy, you are sanctified, not based on what you do, but based on what Jesus already did for you. So my sanctification now is like what you're doing. You're sitting here learning how to walk in this new identity. Are you following what I'm saying? You're partaking of this redemption that was made for you. Learning how to walk in this, 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 you know, this new life that you have. Because you, you don't automatically just walk in this. Okay? Just like a, a natural... Just, I mean, we all grew up in a natural home. Right? In a natural environment. Well... We all had friends. We all had friends and sometimes we had relatives that stayed on the same street or whatever. But guess what? There was a time at the end of the day, you had to go to your house, I had to go to mine, right? And sometimes we like to pick up behaviors like the, you know, like some of our friends, and we like to bring that in the house or whatever. But you know, your parents would tell you, nope, nope, I'm not responsible for Ray Ray. Right? No. You're not going to do what Ray Ray did. This is, this is what, how we're going to do things. What, see, what do you, the house is a place of separation to teach you sanctification. What is that? It's teaching you how to live. She's, your parent is putting you in an atmosphere to do what? To grow up with a certain uh, uh, idea, with a certain way of living, a certain way of understanding so when you are in life, you will know how to behave. In the manner that they taught you Well this is what the house of God is all about It is to bring you from out of the world Bring you into the house of God Or to a place where you are learning To do what? So that you can learn how to walk In this new life With this new attitude And you'll be able to do what? Uh, uh, comprehend what all manner of people With this new life that you have embraced You can't do this on your own Okay And so here Notice this The first thing Jesus said here Talking to the Father He's talking to the Father This is his prayer His priestly incessant prayer To the Father Because he's getting ready To go back He's getting ready To go back And uh, Matter of fact Let's show you how Your sanctification First came about Go to the first verse Go to verse 1 Of the same chapter here Jesus spoke these words, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is what? Come, glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. Notice he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son. In other words, to glorify your son, notice this. Manifest what you have destined for my life in this earth, in other words, to bring salvation to you and I. So manifest, in other words, reveal. Let it happen. Let me become the sin. Let me take up on the spiritual death. Let me take up on sickness, disease, everything that separated us from God. This is what he's saying here. Because he, he recognized this is, this is the, my reason for being here on the earth. Okay? And notice he said, that your son may glorify you, so how would his son glorify him the way his son will glorify him by walking out the plan that the Father had for our redemption, for our sanctification, for our holiness. Our holiness is a standard. okay? It's not the root. It's the fruit. the root. Is your salvation in him, you being born again. The fruit of your salvation of the new birth is holiness. It is sanctification. It is the justification of our righteousness. Okay? And no, no, watch this. Verse 2. So what does he say here? And as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should have... That he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So you see why? Because he is is the impediment that if eternal life is going to be to all mankind, it's going to come through him. And this is why John 3.16 says, For God does what? So love the world that he did what? He gave. What did he get? He gave his only begotten son. That means a son that was without sin, that was without fault. A son that was perfect in all of his doing. But he did it for you and I. Okay? And notice this. Verse 3. And this is eternal life, that, that they may know you. Only true God. Now, see how notice this Jesus spent time with them, the disciples that he had, the ones that the Father gave him. And this is what we're doing right now we're spending time with each other doing what being disciples that we may know him. You don't know him like you think you're going to know him. We know him little by little. Why? Because we're being transformed little by little. Notice this. And this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Right? Keep going. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do. Now that's powerful. That should be all of our prayer. Lord I want to finish the work you have given me. Notice what Jesus said. Uh, Go back. He said, I have glorified you. That means I have manifested you, your presence, your ways of doing to the men that you have given me. I have manifested uh, your way on this earth so that I can become the sacrifice that you needed me to be. Right? Or, let, me, let me let me just show this. The, the correlation go with this. We'll come right back to this. Uh, go to Hebrews chapter 12, I mean chapter 10, and look at verse 5. Hebrews 10, and we'll come right back to this verse of scripture here. He said, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body. That's what he meant about it when he." What he said over there in John seventeen, but a body you have what prepared for me next verse. Notice it. What who prepared the boy? who prepared that body for God did, right? Why? Because it's the only thing that's going to get you and I to be separated. That the blood of the bull of the animal doesn't have the potency to do what to cleanse you and I. It had the forbearance of covering. The sin of the old covenant Because God honored that But it was a typo Until Jesus came Okay This is why your sanctification is not based on What you do You're you're already sanctified Through the blood of Jesus You're just learning how to walk it out Okay You're holding it You're learning how to walk it out You're learning how to stand you're learning how to behave. That's what holiness is. Yeah, You're acting. You know how some people say, you act just like your dad. Well, because you spend a lot of time in the same household with your dad, with your mom, right? Well, it's the same thing here. The more time you spend in the Word, the more time you spend in church, the more time you spend, you know, uh, listening to the Word or feeding on the Word, then guess what? It's going to be re- It's going to be revealed. Can you see that? All right. So he said, burnt offering and sacrifices for sin had you had no pleasure. See, because if God had pleasure, it would be no need that Jesus come and be died on that cross. Right? He said then, said, then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. In other words, he said, it is written of me. In other words, already was written for him, for Jesus to do what? To come and do his will. Say, to do your will, O God. Keep going. Previously, previously saying, sacrifice an offering and burnt offering and offering for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Why? Because it was something repetitive. Year after year. And it never cleansed. It never took away the conscience of sin. Next verse. And he said, and then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, to do what? Here here, it is. I've come to do your will, of God. Notice it. He takes away the first. That he may establish sex. In other words, in order for him to take, a, in order for him to fulfill the will of God, he have to be that perfect lamb without spot, without blemish. So what? That he could fulfill what the law required. God didn't, God didn't bend his way, God didn't create a weaker way. And I want to say that because this is what grace is not God creating a weaker or a easier way. No. If we would have been perfect, then the law would have been accepted. You follow what I'm saying? The only reason why the law was not accepted because we were flawless. I mean, we we, we, we were full of flaws. The law was flawless. The law was perfect. The law didn't give. And this is the reason why under the law, James 2.10 said, when you have broken one of the law, let's just say, you kept nine of the ten. And it's just not the ten. Now, 600 other laws that you and I, that they, that they talk about that you don't know hardly know nothing about. But let's just say the big ten. And and if you just broke one, I mean, just think about it. You took a test, uh, Brother George, and you only missed one on the test. Well, how many know that's an A, right? That's a passing grade. Under the law, you fail. Because when you broke one or you missed one, it's just like, isn't that something? Domino effect. So, this is what the, this, and that's why the law is not given. But God didn't, it wasn't that God made, made, made us, you know, gave us grace and say, okay, like some people, they use grace as a mean. Well, I'm under grace, you know. I could, you know, I can do what I want. I can live like I want. I could sleep around like I want. I could whatever. That's not grace. You're you're making grace to the place the way it's it's a weak it has a weak standard. No, grace is still grace is still as powerful as the law. But the only thing about it is, just like the law couldn't make you perfect, then guess what? Grace can't make you perfect either. Your response to grace is by faith. Can you see? So without without grace having faith as a a responsive mean, then guess what? We could still be living as one under the law without the punishment, without the judgment. Because Jesus is the fulfillment, the, the fulfillment of the judgment that the law had required. So the reason why you can't ever be judged by the law because someone perfect stood in my place and took my place and took away. So he fulfilled that. It's finished. That's obsolete. That's not something to be talked about. But grace grace is the doorway that God has made unto you and I now that we should live by. Why? Because now the access to grace is by faith. So he's given an access whereby we can do that. Why? Because now that spirit, remember the justification? We were justified. Uh, We are justified because he was raised up. I'm not going to turn it but if you take note, Romans 4, 26 says, he was raised for our justification. See, when he got up, that's when your slate, my slate, has been wiped clean. Spiritual speaking, that means sin no longer have dominion over me, not just my spirit, spirit, soul, and body, Jesus forever done away with sin. Why? Because there is no more judgment for it because it was perfectly done by the father who orchestrated the type of death that his son was to die and the type of judgment for our sin disobedience to come upon him. And when the father saw that it was perfect, it was just, he sent the Holy Spirit three days later to get him out of, the, out of hell. That's what it meant. He was raised for our justification. Because he bore the penalty. He bore the judgment. He bore the wrath that, 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 that God, that of the Father, that sin did. It wasn't what the devil did. It wasn't what say, well, we got to pay the, you know, in order for us to be let go, well, we have to, you know, there's a ransom, we got to pay the devil. Mm-mm. You gotta understand. Satan will have never let you and I go. He's he's, deceived, he's Look, he is the epitome of what deception is. In other words, when he open his mouth, it's, it's, it's a lie. <laughs> Are y'all getting what I'm saying? He, he can't do uh, anything without a lie. It may be he he may fabricate it. He may uh, 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 bring it to you in a different light or whatever, But you know if he's t- it's a lie. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible says he's what the father of lies. So you don't you don't ever accept. So what Jesus did when he was raised for our justification. Notice it. He was raised just as. You and I had never missed the mark of the Father. That's what they justification. It just as it never happened. What the first Adam did, because we're the results. We're the fruit of the first Adam. But now that Jesus has bore the penalty, took the judgment of what sin did, and now he was raised up three days later. I mean, we're getting ready to have what you call Resurrection Week coming up. Uh, uh, some people call it Easter. Okay, but it's getting re- we you know the resurrection of the dead. Notice it, Christ's resurrection is proof that you and I are alive. That we have this new life in Him. Now we have to be taught how. To live this life. That's why you are sanctified. Sanctify me. You've been separated from the world because there's a truth that you have embraced as a new life that has taken place inside of you. So come aside, little daughter, little uh, uh, son, and let me teach you how to live the new life that you have embraced. It's really what I'm trying to tell you. And so notice this here. He says, so then, behold, I've come... I've come to do your will, O oh God. To take away the first, which is the old covenant, and that he may establish the second, which is the one we live in now. Next verse. By that, will we have been sanctified. You see that? Through what? Our sanctification came up Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. How? Once for all. Our sanctification, I, go back. Our sanctification, notice it, that by what He did, we'll have been sanctified through the offering. That means His blood brought forth our sanctification. It's not contaminant. The blood, the, the life of the flesh is the blood. All right? So, That blood had to be pure to cleanse us, okay? So so he said, by by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus. Let's see, put, put, put that verse in the NLT just for a moment. Let's see, is that the verse that I'm thinking of? Notice this. He said, for God's will was for us to be made holy. See that? You were what? Made. See, that's why I say holiness is not the, it's not the root. It's the fruit. Righteousness is the same way. It's, you were made righteous. Through his sacrifice, through his death. Through his shedding of his blood. See? Made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. How? Once for all time. So you see, you'll notice this. The reason why there's no more sacrifice, because that blood of Jesus was pure enough to cleanse you and I Past, present, and future 10. Now, I know one-third of us is born of God. It cannot sin. But the two-thirds of us and whatnot, this is the real purpose of your sanctification. You are learning how to walk in it because two-thirds of us is still kind of iffy, right? That's That's what that sanctification is done. So now my repentance is where? My repentance is what? It's learning how to walk, learning how to speak in this new life, in this new attitude of whose I am. Amen. So you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna screw up sometimes. You're gonna have some, you're gonna make some mistakes sometimes. So therefore, that's what that, that's why it said separate, come apart, come aside. You are coming aside. Why? Because of what the work of Christ is doing, what the word of Christ is doing on the inside of your soulless man. It, what does it do? It's perfecting that sanctification. And the power of the Holy Spirit is the orchestrator of it all. Okay? So notice this. Uh, next verse. He said, Under the old covenant, the priests stand and minister before the altar day after day. Offering the same sacrifice again and again which can never take away sin. That's why you you would never be sanctified. That's why they, under the old covenant always felt what something they had to do to be accepted. To feel worthy. Because hmm? no matter what you did, it was never enough. You got to understand, Satan was always, you got to understand, he had the power he had the power of sin, the power of death. He held his sway over our head. So you are all, no matter what you did, no matter how much you prayed, no matter what kind of prayer you prayed or whatever you done, he will always hold you and I as a hostage. Reminding you of this. Well, no matter what you did. Well, you know, you could have did this a little bit better. You could have said it in a little bit nicer way. It's never enough. And sometimes we as humans live by those standards. And that's the reason why you're always falling short. Okay? So he's uh, next verse. Uh, 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 is it, But the high priest, but our high priest, which is Jesus, he offered himself to God how many times? Once. A single, I like the old King James to say, once a single sacrifice, what? For sin, good for what? How many times? No more sacrifice for sin. Why? Because the blood of Jesus was enough. He did it as a man, y'all. And that's why you'll say, this is the reason why I want you to get excited and have an understanding about what sanctification means. It's it, it for you to be separated, you know, you are coming from out of the world. Notice it, that you are, you are separated unto God. All of your wrong, all your wrong and your right is, guess what? So what? I mean, when you live in a household and you've done something wrong, you could have stole something, Right? You could have went to jail for something, right? But when you go back home, guess what? That, 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 that house, that, that, that parent ain't going to say, well, that's not my son. Right? You, go, you, 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 you know, you might get a couple of licks on your head or whatever, but guess what? That's still my son, right? That's what separation is. Well, it's the same thing, but the only thing about God, he's not hitting us across the head. Okay? He's chastening you and I with his word, with his love. See, like right here, this is God's way of chastening us. Why? Because he wants you to know that, hey, I love you, and I know that you're going to need correction. And guess what? God can correct us without it even feel like we're being corrected. Why? Because it's bathed in love. It's bathed in love. See, when it's outside of love, God's love, it's not God. How I many understand what I'm saying? So notice it. He said, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin, good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of God. Why? Because there is no more, there is no more sacrifice. There is no more remission for sin. It's over. It's finished. We just got to learn how to grow in this new life that we have, this new identity. See, we struggle. We got trouble in this new identity. Why? Because that's what the church is all about. No matter where you go to church at, it's about teaching you how to walk in this new identity. That's the first thing. It's teaching you how to walk in this new identity. Your separation doesn't mean you just separate from the world. Yes, you can have, you can use it to that mean, but again, that separation is simply saying, I belong to God. Yeah, I know I act like a ninny, but I still belong to God. Why? Because it's not the it's not the root, it's the fruit. The fruit of it shows that your new birth is the is the fruit. It's the root. It's the indication show that it took place. You conceive God because God lives on the inside of you. Oh, this. are y'all understanding this? Yeah. See, sometimes we talk about the word separation. People say, be ye separate. Be ye separated. Well, and notice that the only reason they, what they classify separation is come out from the monster world. Well, the scripture says that, but notice it. The only way you can come out from monster world is, notice it's through the new birth. But we use using more of a physical thing a physical, uh, 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 yeah, physical thing, rather than understanding that, hey, you first have to understand that this is a spiritual concept, and you got to have something in you to do what? To hold you steady while you don't go back and engage in the life that you once had. You got to have something to hold you steady. I mean, like I said, when we were growing up as, as kids, you know, we, we, we didn't eat stuff like you no know, Hot pocket. We didn't know what that was I learned that you, you follow what I'm saying I mean look I mean even the bologna sandwich Had more 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 More, more grit to it Than the hot pocket Is that right Shoot but, you know, but we ain't stuff like red beans and rice and uh, mustard greens and cornbread and, and you know, put, put your little salt meat and a couple ham hocks on that boy. I'm telling you what, that's, that's, that's good eating now. That'll that hold you all night. Is that right? Well, this is what the word did. When you come out, the word, you when you get in church, it's supposed to be able to get in you. It's supposed to be able to start ministering to your soul. What is it doing? It is a it is, uh like a hammer to rock, the word is breaking up the follow ground of ways that we had ideals that we lived by, uh, uh, whatever it was. That word is like a hammer this morning, and it's breaking up the follow ground so that you and I don't continue to keep walking in that. It's the, but it has to be the word to do it, and that's why when we when we are come into the house of God, we shouldn't be pointing our finger to one another, and say, hmm. Oh, they're back in church again, huh? I wonder for how long this time. They got a pool going on. We shouldn't do that. Right? No. And that's what keep to be honest with you, that's what keep people out of church. Being so religious minded. No. No. You gotta understand in a household. You know, we do things that's right sometimes and we don't do, but that's what the parent is there to do, is to correct you. So part of my sanctification is God uses it to bring us to do what? That he could correct us. He can bring reproof in our lives, right? He He can bring instruction to us. That's where you get all of that behind closed doors. So when you leave and go out, well, guess what? Now you can see things in a different light than what you saw maybe a couple of years ago, and you said, no, no, Mama said, don't do that. Remember when we said that? Mama said, oh, no, I ain't doing that. Right? Well, we need to incorporate what we had. Mama, put the Lord that No, 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 that's not going to honor the Lord. I'm not doing that no more. The Lord had been so gracious, He'd been so merciful to me and whatnot. And now I really see why He was saying that. I didn't understand why He was telling me that, but now I see it. See, and what happened? Now you become responsible to the place where it's saying, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. And it's just like, how did I get there? What what, what? you can't even explain how you got there. Because it was no harsh. Treatment. There was no harsh discipline like some would try to bring up on us. That's not the character of your God. He's full of love. He's full of compassion. And that's why that new creation that we're talking about, we're focusing on that new creation with a new identity. You know, what is it doing? It is projecting him. The new way of living is projecting him. We're not accustomed of someone being so loving. We're not accustomed to someone being so giving. Over and over and over until you get it. You know? I mean, even Jesus and his humanity, how long I got to be with you not his? <laughs> Bring him to me. Right? <laughs> All right? So now notice this. So he said, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down at the right place, sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Next verse. There he waits until his enemy. You see that? He waits until his enemies are what? a humble and made a footstool under his feet. Well, who's going to do that? You and I. As we grow in our sanctification, as we grow in our holiness, as we grow in our justification, I'm telling you, Jesus, God is not in a hurry of sending Jesus to get the body of the church out. Because the church is still weak. We're getting stronger now. But we're we're starting to wake up. We're starting to come alive. We're starting, we're starting to recognize that, hey, the stuff that's on the earth, the things that's happening here, it's going to always, but guess what? Because the new birth that I have, I'm living out of the kingdom of God, and I've still been trying to live under this realm. That's why I'm still oppressed. That's why I'm still held down. That's why it's still things holding up. Why? Because you're not living out of the new kingdom of which you came, which you've been born again of. It takes the word for you and I to understand that you have a new life. And everything in this room is going to still look the same. Hmm? Because nothing outwardly changed. Everything that changed is, is, is internal. Now, it can affect my outward change as I am set apart. You are set apart right now. Not because you are in just in here, that's part of it. But you're set apart is even when you leave here, if you screw up like uh, from here to you know from 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 uh 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 from here to toe, you still separated. Why? Because you belong to God. You don't belong to the world. Right? Some people say, you know, uh you keep acting up. Now, I'm disowning him. Name my son. That's a disgrace to the family. Huh? No. God don't ever say that. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? See, you trying to uphold a standard. Everybody in the world got issues. Something wrong. I mean, just because you, you may have a family, you know, that may escape by some moral issues and this and that, but I guarantee they got some issues there. You just don't know about it. You may not know nothing about it. They got some serious issues. Why? Because none of us without sin. Now, us being born again, we have a way of not letting sin dominate us. Okay? Now watch this. It said, for by that one offering, we are forever made what? Perfect. Boy, a lot of people struggle with that. But everything that I just spoke to you prior to that, that's why it said you were made perfect. Why? And those who are being made what? Holy. How will see you you are made holy. Because you did what? You partook, you're a partaker of that one offering that was made forever. It made us perfect. Now, I know your soul and your body has, but there's a promissory note. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, uh, let's let's see. Put that up there for a minute. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 53, 54. 1 Corinthians 15, 53. 1 Corinthians fifteen, and say, "For our dying body must be what? Transformed. So you going to be transformed into the body that will never die. That's your guarantee. You have it's it's yours, but you don't. You're not actively walking in that until you die. That's your new glorified body. Can y'all see that?" He said, Our mortal body must be what? Transformed into what? Immortal bodies. Keep going. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will what? Whoa. The scripture will be fulfilled. What is it going to (laughs) say? Read it out loud with me. Death is what? Swallowed up. That's right. But we have a promissory note that we can take advantage of it right now by living by faith. Okay, so your soul and your body—you will have a glorified body, you know, when you leave here. But right now. What your 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 spirit, which is born of God, it is enough to hold you. That sanctification that you're living by, your sanctification is enough to keep you in the house, huh? Because you're born of God. Can y'all see that? All right, now, okay, Zach, go back. Um, uh, 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 go back to John seventeen. Da-la-la-la, la, la. hey, 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 goodbye, na-na-na-na, yep, yeah, y'all know what I'm saying here. All right, okay, so uh notice this, in um uh, 18th verse, Okay. Just as you sent me into the world, look what he did. What does he say? I'm doing what? I'm sending them into the world. See, we're not here to escape. Man, we're here to take it head on. Why? Because what you got in you is more than enough. To do what? To take on. Can you see that? All right, next verse. Wait a minute. We, we. Oh, hold up, Zach. I'm sorry. I got, I got ahead of myself. Oh, okay, but keep going. I had to go back because you know, I'm in there now. And I give myself as a what? Holy sacrifice. See, the fruit. Why? Because it's without spot, it is without blemish. You don't have no blemish. So I'm, I'm giving myself as what? A holy sacrifice for them. You and I. So they can be what? Made holy, but how? By the truth. That's what your holiness is. It's not a position of that. Your holiness is by the truth that you embrace, the truth of whose you are. The moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were holy. You were made holy. You were made sanctified. You were made just. You were justified. You were made righteous. You were made. The wisdom of God was made unto you. Sanctification, redemption was made unto you. It's not what you do. It's what he has done. I'm just partaking it by faith. Because that's the only way you're going to be, it's the only way you're going to be able to enjoy it. Grace made it, but faith is the partaker. Faith is powerless without grace. We just can't say what God made and then not ever, well, well, how do I get it? That's what I'm sharing with you, how to get it. You already got it. This is no new doctrine. This is, this is your salvation in its finest. And I'm convinced this is why many people who got born again, but they never heard the gospel. Not in this way. They never heard it in the way that the sanctification of the truth can cause them to grow, can cause them to understand who they are, why you know, what is that what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to walk separate? What does it what does it be, what does it feel like to be hated and still walk in love? You follow what I'm saying? I mean you know somebody talk about you, you say, what? Well, your mama. Well, because you ready to fight. Right? But as a believer, we don't do that. We just say, Praise God. I understand. And you walk away. Right? But in the world, you be looking for a way to fight. Huh? Your mama. See, where I come from, your mama, that's enough. Oh, yeah, that's what You don't talk about my mama. That's a fight right there, right? (laughs) Notice what he said. I'm praying not only for those, for these disciples. Now, this is a three-fold prayer that Jesus has. This part of the prayer is for you and I in the body of Christ today. Okay? He said, but also for all who will ever believe in me, what? Through this message, through that message. This is the reason why I'm convinced that if people don't hear the gospel... Even if the body of Christ is not reminded about their redemption, about their new identity, they're going to start falling away. It's not like something you just give to them one time and you got it. No, it's something that we have to keep hearing. It's like food. You got to do what? Keep eating it if you want to live, right? Well, this, this word is your spiritual food to, this, to your soul, to your body, if it wants to continue to be under the restraint of the Holy Ghost. Because without it, all the restraint would be taken off. Hmm? That's why the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, when Paul wrote that, people have no understanding about that. Oh, God, I'm giving y'all too much at one time. Go to Romans chapter seven. I'm gonna close with this. I, I, wait a minute before you do that. Before you do that, go 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 back to verse uh, 17 of the same chapter. I need to give you this because that's the the, the the yeah. He said make he said make them holy. Ooh, make them holy. How the same word holy is sanctified. Yeah. Same word. And so, you know, that holiness is not you ladies wearing long dresses, with, you know, down to your ankle. That holiness is not putting your hair in a ball. You know, in a bond. I say a ball. <laughs> Y'all do say what I mean by it, right? A bond. Right? Holiness does not mean with no makeup on. I think that's ugly. You're, you're, without it, right? No. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? No, if you want to make yourself look good, make yourself look good, right? I mean, look, you're on the body and say, I don't want to wear no makeup because I don't want, that don't make you look good? I mean, that don't, that, don't, that don't separate you from your holiness, right? No, 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 it, it, what I'm trying to say to you, a person that wears makeup, what it does it make them look what? Feel pretty, right? Feel pretty. Right? So without your, without, your, without your makeup, you feel what? You feel ugly. There it is. Right? Or incomplete. So when you wear your makeup, you wear your makeup. Because under some religion, this holiness I'm telling you about, you can't wear that. That's your makeup. Now, if you choose not to wear it, It don't have anything to do by me being holy. You don't understand what I'm saying to you. How this statement right here I'm saying has set so many women free. They wanted to wear makeup to look good, to be pretty, just like to. to, 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 uh, They wanted to do it, but guess what? They couldn't do it because their tradition told them not to. Hmm? See, a lot of religion wanted all of us to look like 10 miles of tore up road. They didn't want you to, because why? They, was, they were so afraid that if you focus on what you look like, it you understand what I'm saying? No. God wants us to look, look. Our inside is supposed to be a reflection of our outside. But I understand what has happened. We put too much emphasis now. We put more emphasis on the outside than we do on the inside. See, now I'm going just the opposite. But we got to keep a balance. So I got to teach you both sides. So just because you say, well, because look, some of you ladies probably have not walked across somebody that don't wear no makeup. And you're thinking you sitting down talking to them, you know, because they said they're a Christian. whatnot. the first thing they sit there and tell you? Now, Paige, I know you say you love the Lord, but I'm just trying to tell you, honey, you got to take that off because that's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, you probably have not run up against people like that but there are plenty of them around. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't make you one way or the other. If you choose not to wear, that's your preference. Okay? But don't make a person feel condemned because they do wear makeup or because they do wear pants. There are some people, there are some religion that right here in the same city, you can't wear pants. You have to have a dress on and it's got to be down there by your ankle. Oscar skirt, none of your legs could be shown. Hmm? All of us are being seen because the men don't wear it under the old covenant under the, they didn't wear pants, either. they didn't have pants. They had what you call a what? Like a, what do you call it? A robe? Or just an all-in-one? And the way you knew the men, the men were shorter than the ladies. But everybody wore robes Back then in biblical day Everybody wore But we live in a western civilization So just because we wear pants And there are some people in the Middle East They still wear the robe or whatever That's not what this is speaking about Just because you dress a certain way Does not make you holy Okay? Now I'm not saying, and I'm not saying you should just dress inappropriate just in no, but the truth in you, if you are dressing provocatively, outwardly, guess what? That truth inside of you wants to get a hold to you. Nobody have to tell you, you know, wear, wear clothes that's appropriate. I was listening to one meeting that a person was in, a woman that just got saved. She was a prostitute, a former prostitute. Someone witnessed to her, ministered to her. She received the gospel of Jesus Christ, and she wanted to go to church. She went to church that Sunday morning with only the clothes she had that she looked like a prostitute in. That's all she had. Do you know how many people shunned that woman? almost lost, went back to the world because that's what I'm telling you. It takes people in church that don't understand these truths you thinking it's more about what you got on and they didn't even realize this was all the lady had. I mean, you think about, I think it's what, is it Gundy? Gundy? Yeah. Then he almost became a Christian. I mean he was right there. And and because of of their prejudice, they wouldn't let him in. Do you know the effect that he had on Hindu? That's over what 750? million or maybe billion of Hindus in the world, whatever the culture is, however big it is, he had that effect. But because of their prejudice somewhere in Africa or something like that, they wouldn't receive him in the church. It's the same <laughs> almost happened with Felix when Paul stood before the the council. It wasn't Felix, it was the other one. I forgot his name. But he said, Paul, much learning has made you crazy. He said, but I was almost you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. <laughs> and Paul said, Not only you. But everyone in these chains, but these chains, I'm, I'm believing God that you'll be uh, King Agrippa. That's his name. Because Agrippa understood what Paul was saying, but he could not sit there and listen to that any longer because it was convicting his heart. So he left away, and they sent Paul on away as he was giving his, you know. He was giving his testimony how he became a born-again believer. And so... What am I saying there? Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is what? Truth. You are sanctified by that word. That word holy is the same word for sanctified by your truth. What is going to make you holy? What is going to make you sanctified? It's the truth. When you know the truth, then don't let no one talk to you and tell you what you can wear, what you can't wear. You already know what's appropriate. What you got? Know what? Guess, guess how you're gonna know? You got the Holy Ghost on the inside. And don't be so quick to be judging people because why? Again, you don't even know their status. You don't even know what's going on. We don't even get to know people. We don't even get to understand them before we become. Judge, jury, and that's not what we call to do like that. Yes, judgment start in the house of the Lord, but I think there's a proper way to do that. Let's find out what this person is. Let's find out what's going on. Let's find out how can we be a blessing. Amen? Can y'all see that? I wanted to give y'all one other verse of scripture, but it slipped me. Uh, I wanted to go to why it was there If the Holy Spirit bring it back uh, because I said there's so much on this subject here. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. Romans, I'm going give, give, to give y'all this chapter 7 quickly so you can have this. Here's another mis, misconception a misunderstanding here in the book of Romans and uh <clears throat> And what I'm going to do, for time's sake, because my time is up, uh, go to Romans chapter 7, and let's start down there at, first of all, look at verse 18. Paul said, in my flesh, notice this, for I know that in me, you see the parenthesis, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. He said, for the will is present. See, with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. What is he talking about? In his flesh. Right? See, it's, see what is it? Your flesh have to be settled. You have to be born again for the flesh to be able to, be, to embrace these truths. Okay? Watch this. Next verse. For the good that I will t- that I will to do. I do not, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Why? Because what this is, what this is actually saying. Before we go any further, go to the next verse. Before we go any further, this is actually saying you cannot. It is impossible. It is humanly impossible. It is supernaturally impossible to live. This life without the gospel, in other words, without the word of God, you can't, this is what you're going to live. You can't live the Christian life without being born again. So the whole seventh chapter of Romans is given a paraphrase or a comparison of showing you what life is like without Christ. And that's what Paul was introducing. He said, now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it? But what? See, sin that dwells in me. He's telling you it's in my flesh. Out, outside of Christ, you can't live this life. You, you, and when I say live it, you have to partake from it. Not you trying to exercise your restraint. Not you trying to give in, give yourself. No, no, no. You are a taker. You are a receiver of what Jesus did. Next verse, he said, I find in a law, he said, for I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man, keep going, but if I see, but I see another law in my members, it's warring against the law of my mind, and it's bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, can you see it? Your sanctification is not based on what you do or don't. Your sanctification is based on what Jesus done. It's the truth. You are learning how to walk in that new identity of the truth of the kingdom. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank, my, I thank God that through Jesus Christ, here it is right here, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, he says, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the the law of sin. And I think it go to the next, it go to chapter eight. Watch this and go to chapter eight, verse one, and I'm closed. He said, therefore, he said, there is therefore now what? No condemnation to those who are." Who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 7 was showing those who are outside of Christ Jesus. But when you're in Him, He said, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I might want to add that uh, from this place right here, He said, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The rest of that was added. Okay? He said, Who do not walk according to the flesh? If you're not careful, you'll read it to the plate. Okay, there's still a stipulation there if I don't walk according to the flesh. Well, that's added. In most, I think in the King James, you'll see it's italicized, meaning they added it to try to make sense in the English. But in the original Greek, that is it. There is therefore now no condemnation. Who are aware in Christ Jesus, period. And there is none. Okay? And the same thing, just think about it in your own household when you was growing up as a kid. You did wrong, but that was no condemnation, right? You got a whooping, whatever it was, and it's over with, right? Now, if you got siblings, you got brothers and sisters, well, guess what? They're going to always try to kill, condemn you, right? <laughs> that just, that just in them, you're right? Just a knot is that right? But with the parent or whatnot, no. It's over with. When you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Why? I did it for you. I completed it all. You're sanctified. You are holy. You you are set apart so that what? The Holy Spirit can now instill these new truths of how to live in the new identity that you have embraced. Did y'all get anything out of that?